Hey, how you guys doing? This is producer from Bottomless Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks. Uh, no seasons, anything like that. We're just kind of chopping it up as we wait for Sandman to come back to the podcast. On the line tonight, oh, it's the originals. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, it's the two people that they don't let podcast together too often because it really just turns into a circle jerk. It's Brother Beavis. What's going on, man? How's it going? Uh, <laughs> we we expressed initial uh, difference of opinion regarding the book for yes. this evening, so it could it could go it in. could go a different way. Yeah, it probably won't. But. No, the impetus of this tonight was um, the trial of Magneto, which is going on in the current Marvel universe. Uh, Magneto is spoiler alert; he's on trial for allegedly killing the Scarlet Witch as she was brought back to life. We haven't totally kept up on the Krakoa books pretty much too much after house of X and power of X, uh, you know, maybe the first, maybe six months or so, would you say? Uh, I think we read X force probably longer than any of the other books. And then the rest of it just went to shit. Well, I think we were shocked by how good Marauders was. Yeah. And, and right. it was like, I don't think we knew what to do with ourselves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man, the kitty pride book is the best. Yeah. yeah kitty Pride's the best. This book. can't be right. Yeah. That's, that's the uh, evil opposites. So we kind of haven't kept up. I know they were doing this big thing with like, you know, kind of a mutant Met Gala, you know, that big fashion thing that goes on with all the celebrities or whatever. And they were doing something about that. And I guess Scarlet Witch got killed at that. And Magneto's on trial for it. I read the first book. I was not impressed. And our initial thought was, oh, we'll kind of compare the trial of Magneto from 1980, whatever. And then this one. But when we get into uncanny 200 it's just a massive book with a lot of stuff going on so, yeah yeah definitely it's i was trying to read it earlier i'm like i gotta skin the, i gotta skim this there's no way i can <laughs> come on claremont what are you doing to me yeah well bef- yeah before we get into that though um i wanted to look at what came before this and i know your comic book memory is probably better than mine so we're gonna look back at what 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 happened before this so paul smith ends his run on 175 and then john ramita jr picks up on 176 he's there for a minute like all the way through this book but there's so many things that happen in between these books we're going to go back and look at some of the covers in a second but you know punk rock storm becomes a huge thing obviously um up and through losing her powers when forge hits her with the nebulizer or whatever um so many fucking Morlocks. There are so many Morlock stories in here, and the Morlocks are terrible. Uh, Rachel Summers becomes a huge thing, and she's awful as well. Madeline and Scott get married, and um, yeah, he, he leaves the team, but he winds up making his way back and shows he is definitely father of the year material. Um, well, I think the he, other thing that was going on at this time, too, was New Mutants had fired off, and they were starting to intermingle the stories. And so... Yeah. When you read a book, there's always references to the to some other story that I like I never knew about or anything like that. Yeah, and they pop up in this issue too. Um, the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants kind of pops back, and then with their you know evolution into Freedom Force over the course of this, I mean, what are you talking twenty four books? You know, so two years, and in that same time frame, we get not one Secret Wars. But two secret <laughs> wars in two years, like both of them happen in this same time frame. We don't talk about secret wars too. 
one of those wars is not like the other one. Yeah, it's really fucking awful. Um, so, and then Nimrod comes back too. I mean, there's some heavy lifting by Claremont here. So we're going to look at a couple of covers. I can figure out share screen for once. And let's see. And we'll just kind of go through a few of them here and there. From the Marvel website, by the way. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's 177. Uh, most of I remember about this is uh, Colossus getting frozen. And, mm-hmm. Or like with the into stone or whatever, yeah. Like that was a huge deal, but it also leads to the sh- this shitty moment here. Hold on, that <laughs> shitty, yeah. The next one, this shitty moment, uh, where uh, Kitty was gonna marry Caliban, and those those books are pretty terrible, actually. <laughs> yeah, the Morlock stories. Yeah, I remember that that imagery of of colossus frozen and everybody all upset was pretty strong yeah and uh and you know that was part of that push for the new brotherhood right coming out of that would have been you know well past because they they came together at days of future past right they were the villain yeah so they were they didn't do a whole lot but this was kind of their push and yeah that was that was a cool story yeah and then as a couple others here, you know, we some of these books we've actually gone over, you know, either briefly. Yes, so Mammy much mammying. Yeah, so, so much <laughs> Mammy Storm here. This is the book after Secret oh, Wars 1 where they dropped bad. off in Japan. Um, Lockheed is married to a big dragon or some dumb shit like that. Yeah, it didn't go over well. And also we see the costume or uh, the costume. Yeah, costume evolution here too as they mm-hmm. kind of really moved into this 80s, the Jazzercise era, the yeah. Jazzercise era of yeah, the X-Men. Yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna get look at Xavier yeah. in that <laughs> in that window. Yeah, it's a weird cover, but yeah, how you feel about John Romita as we're scrolling through these? He's kind of got a love hate relationship. I'm I'm kind of love hate sometimes in the same book about him. Yeah, I think when he's like maybe for the covers in particular where. There's not as much detail. I think he's he's got some really kind of we always say iconic. I'll mm-hmm. I'll say it again. You know, iconic imagery and, and pictures, but a lot of his sort of more detailed, bigger stuff. I think it, his scratchy kind of style. Mm-hmm. I it's not my favorite. It's yeah. you know it, it and there's certainly some of his later stuff got like cleaner and cleaner. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's. It's definitely not love. It's not really hate, but yeah, it's it definitely some of his art is perfect for some of the stories, and some yeah. of it it seems like a mismatch. When he comes back for X Men like ninety one, like after the Jim Lee mm. era and all that stuff, like he you know he draws some really important stories. And if you haven't listened for two podcasts ago, somehow didn't make the list of top X Men. <laughs> <laughs> you know he has multiple books, multiple massive story arcs. Well, he didn't make it. Uh, so, yeah, there's Rogue. A couple of Rogue standalones, too. We talked about this book. I don't know if we reviewed it, but this oh. was a great <laughs> book uh, where after Secret Wars and Kitty breaks Colossus's heart, or no, vice versa, Colossus breaks Kitty's heart, uh, Wolverine takes him out to get his ass beat by Juggernaut. Uh, a, a, a real good standalone book, uh, like one of my favorites. Um, I didn't realize that Secret Wars was so close to 200. And then that's funny because 201 is like uh, Secret Wars 2, mm-hmm. Electric Boogaloo. There you go. Or Shabadoo. There you go. <laughs> There's going to be a fuck Hulk Hogan here moment coming soon, too. <laughs> um, so, and then what? Celine makes it back yeah. in there. Uh, 
uh, you know, there's just and, some, yeah. lots of And this is just where, again, the story's bouncing in between New Mutants and X-Men and lots of crossover. It's just, it was a, just a weird era. Yeah. And this was really like that drawdown of, you know, the classic team. It was sort of the end of that era, but it hadn't really gone in a clear new direction, which we're mm-hmm. just right on the cusp of, you know, once once uh, Cyclops leaves. Right. Then we start to see the team transform and we get that kind of that that Australian into that Australian back area, Australian mm-hmm. outback era, things right. like that. So, yeah, uh, Storm's story of losing her powers, you know, life, death, over part two, one and two comes up in this. Mm-hmm. Now these what are these are the wraiths, but Rom those are the dire race. Those yeah. are the Rom uh, yeah. villains. But Rom doesn't make an appearance in this, which surprisingly, I don't believe. Yeah. So, uh, does I want to? Does he not like he's even show up on a panel or something? Maybe. I swear he's he might be in New Mutants at this time too. I know he <laughs> makes it. He was all over. They were really trying to get him in different territories. Apparently, you know, he lost a bunch of loser league town matches. Yeah, just well, I hear it's a great book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, we should be running Hutch for not making it here tonight. It'll come up. Uh, and then the Rachel Summer stuff starts like really strong and talk about getting a push fuck Hulk Hogan like they really tried and that's a character that just to me just never really worked it just never worked yeah and I I have to believe like you know with that you always have the specter of Jean Grey and not you know I don't know if we I don't know contemporarily I don't know if we we thought her return was inevitable but it it was like she was never quite Jean Grey and it was just (laughs) she had a really kind of cumbersome backstory Again, when the book to me was a little disjointed. So I never really understood her story well enough to really engage. And then she was off in Excalibur. And that was no fly zone for me. Yeah. So shout out, Sam, man. We know you loved it. Uh, there's Celine again. And the Magma. Yeah, Magma. Lord. These aren't great books. Although he's definitely laying a lot of um, groundwork for stuff. Um, I love this one. Yeah, wait, which one is this? All oh, the Spider Man and cool, the Avengers the and the, cool the guys, Dungeons yeah. Dragons crap, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't, I think I skipped over a lot of these too. There's a great cover here for a one eight one ninety one. Yeah, that's the, um, the the exciting conclusion. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, let's see. And then we get a Doug Locke story. Nobody cares. Um the one I mean, literally the worst. Um the worst. And then this one, I was I was kind of scrolling through today. I was forgotten about this story, you know. Oh, was yeah. Proud Stars uh, was it Warpath, right? No, Thunderbird. He uh, was Warpath. Thunderbird was the original. original. Okay. And yeah, he was one of the Hellions. Mm-hmm. Again, New Mutants crossover. Um, yeah, <laughs> Firestar. You know, mm-hmm. makes it up from you know. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. <laughs> we weren't really expecting that. At least I wasn't. I saw a lady in the original costume like that at a con. And I was just like, uh, I need to go to the bathroom. All right. Um, <laughs> and then Nimrod, who I always hate. Like, there's no good Nimrod stories. This can't. Uh, the, the one thing I do like about this is this is one of the ones where Rogue absorbs, like, the whole team's powers. Oh, you yeah. kind of see it here. That's, yeah, that's, pretty, that's a power move. Yeah. Uh, then power pack and they do roll out juggernaut to get his ass beat just like <laughs> that's like if they need to get somebody over it's like oh just let's yeah. job out juggernaut again <laughs> well yeah somebody had to get their win back 
Uh, mm-hmm. Power pack. The less said, the better. And then all the stuff with the hounds and Rachel. Um, yeah. Just it just went on. And hey, now we're in Secret Wars too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Nobody cares. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Awful. Uh, and then Storm, you know, we'll, this will come up here in a little bit. Storm left after she lost her powers and you know had it out with Electric. You know, she leaves. And no, they're not going to give me my covers. There we go. And then this is an arcade story. I know the Doom thing is a. Well, I think Doom was involved in it, but like it was still an arcade story, right? Yeah, I think. And was Doom was just a robot or something? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember totally, but yeah, and it, that's an arcade story. And we have we had Kitty Pride. We must have had Kitty Pride and Wolverine by this point because that's where she changes to Shadowcat, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was somewhere in like. Uh, what 84 ish life death two, and then we get to 199. So now she she's back and depowered, right? Rachel, at this point, no, uh, Storm at this point, yeah, she's she's back, yeah, she's back on the team when we get to 200. Um, and another another Rachel story, yeah, (laughs) they really tried, man. I mean, they really did, and that led us all the way up to issue 200, which we're gonna review tonight. And she kind of just disappears, if I remember right. There's a story with the, the, the I feel like there was a story with um, the Inner Circle, the Hellfire Club, mm-hmm. and Nimrod, and then she just got might get snagged by Spiral at the end, and then we don't see her again until Excalibur. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, generally speaking, Rachel's stories come up, and I'm like, eh, yeah. Yeah, I just, there's just nothing that ever has caught me about the character. And then, you know, the, you know, it worked once. So let's repeat it. I mean, now, what is it? But that other Summers girl, what, Paige Summers? Oh, somebody Hope, Hope and Paige. Yeah. yeah, Hope and all the, I'm like, God, dog, man, like, let it go. Just so I was, I was trying to figure out what Magneto was up to again, because I think a lot of his story was in New Mutants, mm-hmm. another no fly zone for me. <laughs> um, and so, Apparently, <clears throat> like after after Secret Wars, he just kind of went into solitude. And then when that Doug Locke story, which is actually, I think that was actually Magus, his father on the cover. Mm. When he crashed to Earth looking for Warlock, he I think he knocked Asteroid M, early Asteroid M, out of orbit, mm. which sent Magneto into the ocean and he was hooked, hooked up with Lee Forrester oh, yeah, for a period weird. of time. Yeah. And then when Cyclops is on his, on his man tour after he leaves then he's hooked <laughs> up with, with Lee Forrester, or maybe that was after Cyclops and Lee Forrester's, I don't know. She's yeah. just hanging out in the, in she the triangle waiting yeah. for <laughs> to come around. That's her, her contribution to the story. But yeah. So he was basically just doing that. And then, uh, I think he might have had some stories in the Avengers because they were starting to do stuff with Scarlet Witch mm. and the Vision and Quicksilver, um, where they, you know, he was kind of a tweener still. And then here we are. I don't know exactly. They don't really, surprisingly, they don't really like give us the blow by blow for how he came to be like yeah. in jail. And one, and what, well, in one ninety nine, Freedom Force is the one that captures them, um, and you know that brings us up to this point. But yeah, like what he was doing in between that time, it's not really explained. We do get into a little bit of that, but and that we, was their that was like their deal, right? They they got the Freedom Force gig by capturing him. That was like their proof. 
Yes. Uh, that they were no longer the Brotherhood of Mutants. Yes, they were yeah. sellout mutants. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's get into uh, issue 200 here. Um, okay. Can we talk about Magneto's costume? <laughs> because it is beyond terrible. Like, I mean, it's beyond terrible. Like, I have no idea who made that design, but it's awful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's at, I mean, there are not a lot of great costumes in this era. Like we still have the brain. You can see the cover. We have, you know, the brown Wolverine, which I like the original Cyclops. Uh, Colossus's costume is bad. Terrible. I like this thing. It depends on how they draw, but I like Rogue's costume here with the black pants and that. Mm. Rachel is going to be another story when we get there. But yeah, (laughs) he's, you know, he's, I guess he's got a different kind of purple and the big M and no helmet, uh, which I guess because he doesn't have to protect himself against Professor X. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird look. But this is just, this was a terrible time for costumes. I don't know what they were trying to do, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's kind of this weird. Like, this is like 84, 85. I don't know if this was like. This is 81. Vice, oh, 81? Oh, my that's what the, that's what the That's what the greatest comic book dispensing app, Marvel Unlimited, is Hold telling on. you right now. I'm sharing the screen again. What does this thing say? 1981. What the hell is wrong? No, look. Published in 1985. Because uh, I was going to say that yeah, Secret Wars was way after. Are they saying the series starts with 81? Okay, 85. Yeah, yeah. so 85. So yeah, I'm thinking maybe this is some Miami Vice shit. Could be. Yeah, because it's like kind of the big suits and, you know, kind of puffy shoulders. Yeah, it's, this is like that 80s. transition between that sort of, like you said, the 80s Miami Vice, Valley Girl, into then the more of the, the Hair Nation uh, evolution of, yeah. you know, uh, the L.A. Strip rock star look. So I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, this is it's it's an interesting look. So he's getting put on trial for crimes against humanity, and it's in Paris. And then they do this, you know, this is your life recap for mm. uh, Magneto here. Uh, and again, we talked about on a previous podcast that we've tried to go back and well, you've tried to go back and read them books before X Men, <laughs> the the giant size X Men number one. Uh, you a better man than me because yeah. I don't remember hardly any of these stories. Actually, I don't know any of these stories for the most part. No, I, I got canceled. I mean, I think this first corner is basically the Cape Canaveral, or whatever. Mm-hmm. With you know his first appearance, but after that, like I know that he got turned into a baby. Yeah, <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, yeah, these are not the signature moments that I recall from any. Well, yeah. <laughs> And Claremont's doing some heavy Claremontian lifting here through the first few pages with all of the dialogue, all the history of like trials in Paris and the war. He drops an NPR, which definitely tells you his uh, political leanings in 1985. Um, I mean, he's really doing a whole lot of work here. And yes, the baby plot becomes very important. Go ahead. I was going to say the Neil Conan character is a recurring character. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I want to say, yeah, and I think that's actually, he's an actual journalist. Okay. Um, and he's uh, he's part of the team, I think, that witnesses the fall of the mutants where they allegedly die. Okay. So they bring him back. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So there's the capture by Freedom Force. 
Uh, but you brought it up with name checker. Uh, Spiral, I can never get into either. It's it kind of like I hated the character. It kind of freaked me out a little bit too, the way it was drawn sometimes. But yeah, mm-hmm. never a huge Spiral fan. Yeah, I mean that's like just I don't know. They they have the one heel who comes into the territory and they got to put him in a stable. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I don't know. The, the, it's like a Paul Jones stable. All oh right. God, that's yeah, the worst yeah. stable though. All right. So our prosecutor in this whole fiasco is Sir James Jasper. Uh, okay, whatever. And the defense team uh, is Gabriella Holler. Rocking a heater. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah rocking a heater. <laughs> oh, you can't see my notes, but it literally says smoking a heater. And, yep. uh, and Charles Xavier, who has no legal experience whatsoever, as far as we know. Um so remember, Haller is the mother of Legion that comes up in oh, yeah. several hundreds, or maybe a hundred issues from now. Well, uh, no, but it, it's like in it's New Mutants goes right into that after this. I oh, think. really? Okay, yeah, Man, this is New Mutant books. They tried with that one too. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the anti mutant hysteria is at a fever pitch at this point in time uh, because as the trial is going on, things aren't looking so good. Um, but as we scroll through, we get to get through our antagonist for this episode, and it's the Fenris twins, uh, the Struckers, Andrea and Andreas. Uh, they are our villains here. Um, my note here says uh, this is a very incestuous introduction. Because uh, yes. <laughs> this is a little bit odd uh he's sleeping in her bed or is in her bed which is kind of weird and then she comes out in a bathing suit um and to be fair they are on a boat so it's not completely unreasonable well i mean it's a fairly large boat that might have his own room in that he well no i mean the fact that she's in a bathing suit oh that's fair okay yeah yeah yeah. okay so that's fine and we we find out who the bottom bitch is right away absolutely Um, for sure and we also put in here too um Oh, can we talk about how she has no hips or ass? <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh, I know they're not going to show like the reverse view in any of these things. Like, this is I mean, like skillfully edited. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just bad. I went, so spoiler alert or whatever, when we get to the end of this, it says that a, a Claremontian freaking callback to episode issue 161. So I went back and looked at that. And I didn't remember anything about it, which was basically a, a throwback story to when Charles and Eric were oh, yeah. you know, in is you know, wherever they were in Israel or whatever. And I mean, it was like that throwback story. I'm like, Oh, I kind of remember reading this, but, but that was really. like a, that was a flashback in itself though, wasn't it? Cause yeah, that so. was, yeah. Yeah, a flashback within a flashback. Um, so yeah. So they just say that they're, you know, they're going to get, they want to get back at everybody here that's in this thing, Xavier, Magneto, and Gabriella Holler. So yeah, that's that. Uh, it's classic freaking, uh, baby face, uh, or heel villains, you know, white milk villain. That's basically where we are, you know, yeah. and, and th- they are nobody. And I'll put this question out there now. And did you ever hear about Fenris too many times after this? No, I can't remember. I think that they might have been involved in whatever that was the the follow on to the inner circle, the upstarts that were hunting mutants. Mm -hmm. They might have been trying to get on that, but I don't think they got on the board. Mm -hmm. 
more that's than, I think is maybe the last I heard of them, and they're only in a, they only have a couple appearances that I know yeah. in the mainline book. I mean, yeah, it seems like a hey, we're going to create this situation because you know Claremont laid that down, you know, forty yeah. issues ago. Um, and we'll see. They they have he somebody's got a fetish about people that only activate their powers when they're in contact. I mean, this is <laughs> you know Aurora Northstar all over. Yeah, we're, yeah, uh, the, it's the Wonder Twin effect. Um, so the X Men finally come back. They were off on this mission in Asgard or something like that. Mm. Um, I, I have a couple of questions here. Um, this was a story from an annual. Yep. Annuals are terrible. Like, yep. I think I think they still do them. I haven't bought an annual yep. in probably twenty five years where they put you a terrible one short story for the most part with an artist that you have never heard of before. And, and then they charge you like, cause it's a, it's usually a double size issue or something like that. And they charge you, you know, double the money. What's your thought? There's usually, there's usually a reprint story mm. in there as well. Um, you know, there are some annuals, like I want to say that rogue absorbs Miss Marvel's powers in an annual. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some crossovers like we get the days of past, present, future, whatever the mm-hmm. the ripoff of days of future past so get, is a crossover. It, the annuals were the early crossover before they were like, well, we don't have to wait a year to do that. We could just have a crossover. Right. Um, but yeah, they're usually out of the blue, different art team. And then the annoying thing is back in this era, they always refer to them like you read it. You read that shit. Like, don't make me go buy that trash and you know i think i've tried to read this one too because like you know i always wondered like you know how did moonstars transition from a mutant with a pretty average power that they oversell into this valkyrie Mm. that's interesting i'm into norse mythology right you know whatever happened to karma she disappears in like the third issue and then she's Mm. back and weird and then she's back and then and, you know, just the people that have come and gone through that team. But I just can't. Every time I try to read that, they're just no. cumbersome. Yeah. It's it, it, That's Claremont did a lot of storytelling and not a lot of action. Mm. And the characters are not completely likable. And they're all confusing. And so, yeah, I, you know, on the surface, you tell me there's an X-Men story where they're off in Asgard. Mm. That sounds cool, but I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I don't want to have to deal with the new mutants, too. Um yeah, so they get sent back to wherever Xavier is, and which puts them in uh, France with everybody else. And um, then they wind up finding their way back to the professor. And then they do this thing where it's kind of weird. I don't know if this is just Rachel, but they're like, you know, they do the um, men in black, you know, freaking flashy thing for her to just like keep erasing people's memories of where the mutants were. I don't know yeah. that, because I think, I don't know. I, I don't, I know it in the movie or whatever, Charles would do that in the X-Men movies, but I don't remember him doing that that often in the comic books or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think they were just trying, this is just part of her push. I mean, yeah, she's just trying to give her something to do, but yeah, yeah just, I'm not a huge fan. Um, so in the meantime, there's all <laughs> these attacks going on, like throughout, I guess all through Europe or whatever. Uh, there's our butter, butter, butter on the <laughs> Um, and 
these attacks are happening, and then the, the call sign is, you know, free Magneto, you know, love the X-Men. <laughs> I love the fact that they would do that. Like, okay, so we're going to do these attacks and, you know, under the cover of daylight, but we're also going to sign our name um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to the dirt that we did, because yeah. yeah, that makes all kinds of sense. Um, so, Scott comes back and meets up with the professor. This look how bit. big Look at how big his bed is. Well, yeah. I was also going to say, I think this is the same bed where he was jerking off to Scott and Madeline's uh, picture from the honeymoon. <laughs> or this is the bed that Scott and Madeline were in when they took the picture. Yeah, um, he was, I was like, who's paying, where's this defense team spending their money? They got this, uh, <laughs> this expert with no legal experience, like yes. this very posh hotel the in Ritz. a bed that's five times too big for him. Yeah. <laughs> Billable hours, man. Um, and so he's starting to have these chest pains <laughs> and we're not really sure where it's from. Uh, you know, I think he calls it indigestion when, uh, when, uh, Scott calls him out on it. And Scott's like, you know, I know something's wrong with you. Why don't you trust me to tell me what's actually wrong with you? Now, did they really lay that much groundwork as to what was going on with him? Is this due to him? being able to walk and using so much of his mental powers and it was messing up everything else. I think that's what I remember. Yeah. If I recall correctly, it was just the fact that he was using his body to a degree what he never had. Mm-hmm. And he was, Oh, and he also, didn't he get jumped? That might've been before or after this. Yes. He did get his ass beat. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that's part of it. He got jumped, which I think exacerbated the situation, but he had, he was straining his body because he had never, he, you know, he'd gone this long without using it. Now he's mm-hmm. trying to be a superhero. Right. Look at Scott's suit, pimp out, huge <laughs> as hell. Like Sonny Crockett, bro. Like His lines real. are great here. Yeah. He starts talking about, oh, I find it hard to risk my life for a man yeah. to try to kill me. Yeah, that's it. yeah he's like, Xavier. <laughs> I guess he's dead. Yeah, man, he does change, man. Like, we got to, you know, help him out. Go clear the X-Men's name. Work with him. Like, eh. Scott ain't trying to hear that. Yeah, Scott ain't trying to hear it. You know, and again, the, 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 groundwork is laid for him to be like you know what nope i'm good like we're gonna go form x factor here you know not shortly after this you know with yeah. the original thought and um because he you know that this idea of working with magneto just wasn't going to work out for them so um i mean now he didn't write x factor though claremont right like when it first started that no was, i like, believe that louise simonson louise simonson okay wrote so it. in the same family though yeah, uh, she was all in the documentary as well on Claremont. Yeah, and there was actually a note on the earlier one from Ann Nascenti. She was also in that. The yeah. three of them were in the, a lot of it together. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so he's saying, hey, let's go back, you know, go rescue them, and we get back to our trial. Um, <laughs> my note says here, so at the trial, the, the, prosecu- or the prosecution is basically like, look, he's no Moses. Um, he wasn't letting his, leading his people out of anything like that. But I also saw like a, a comparison or a, a parallel to kind of what it is now, like in relations in this particular country too, especially with people of color, because there's really some lines in there that kind of stick out. This is like, so, I mean, if there is prejudice, I don't think <laughs> that he saw it. You know, I'm just saying uh, they're treated just as good as everybody else here. Like I was like, mm. You know, Claremont yeah. was on something, you know, a long time ago. Like, he kind of saw it ahead of time. And, you know, the fact that he's like, hey, like, this dude is not the dude that's, you know, going to be leading the people through whatever. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah. 
Oh, there's another attack, a terrorist attack in West Germany. Hello, kids. There used to be two Germanies. Oh, yeah. And all this stuff, the Soviet Union. Go read a history book uh, before they ban them. Uh, so, yeah. So there's a, another crash, another free Magneto, and everybody's getting all fired up about that as well. Um, so, all right. Hey, do you know I have like six credits short of a criminal justice minor? <laughs> you ever know that? I don't, don't think you knew that about me. Well, like I knew. Credits. I didn't know how far you advanced, but I knew that you had some yes. criminal justice. Yeah, before training. I switched over to the education thing. Um, okay, so in court, if you are a defense attorney, you really try to make your client look their best and innocent <laughs> before you put when you put them in front of a jury. What so you, you think the super do, villain Yeah, what you would not do is put your defendant there with a ski mask on that he used to rob people with, <laughs> um, and then use that as a defense. I'm just saying like him standing on trial in his uniform costume is probably not a great defense strategy. Would you have another heater? Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but you can smoke in court too. That's a whole other issue as well. But it's France, man. You know, it, it, I think that's what. It, hey, they're France. Don't shave their arms either. Um, and so basically, Gabrielle Haller used as the you know, if he did that shit after he was like a baby <laughs> or before he was a baby, like it shouldn't count. Like it should only be after that. And which which is good though, or uh, kind of thinking like when we went back to X Men ninety one. They use this as for, you know, for yeah. him to bring him back, for him to, you know, to come back at, at Moira, which I mean, again, you know, that's Claremont too, at least that initial story when he brought him back even before he was like, uh, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great <laughs> callback. I mean, think about that. That's 85 to 91. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a big callback for him. Yeah. I don't know that I buy the argument though. It's still the, I'm kind of <laughs> on the other side. It's like, it's still the same dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that's what a defense attorney would do. You know, you got to make that argument or whatever. Yeah. Then we get a Jewish drop, and I think there's another one later. <laughs> there like, is. Oh, that was. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think uh, to the degree to their their uh, addressing racism issues are probably not really focused on the Brothers Comics interests per yeah, se. Yeah, understood. Perhaps yes. other other forms of discrimination or the yeah, focal no, point here. Yeah, it was just wild, though. Well, you yeah, know I, I just wasn't expecting it as I'm reading it. I was like, oh, well, but in the well, same breath, in one of those issues prior up to this point, remember, that's when um, Kitty calls the dude a nigger, yeah. hard <laughs> ER in a book. <laughs> so I was like, wait, what now? <laughs> um, and they are in Germany here, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Wow. Ah. I don't know. It was just kind of weird. It just came. Yeah. It, more than anything, yeah. it just came out of anywhere. Um, so the X Men are plotting to, uh, you know, take down, um, uh, you know, to find the other terrorist attack that's going on. Uh, those costumes are really not great. Um, and then you know, Scott is doing the planning here as he is the uh, you know alleged leader of the X Men since Storm just came back, you know, from her you know excursion into Africa you know, after she lost her powers. And it seems like everybody's fine deferring to Scott. And again, Scott well, is in this situation because he left his wife, pregnant wife, because he was done. Has he, he hadn't left the X-Men though at this point, right? He went I on think, his honeymoon. Remember they got attacked by a shark or some shit like uh, that. But he's been pretty much out of the book 
Like, All right. oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, he's just come back, like, maybe a couple of issues ago. Oh, yeah, because they were... Because he was leading... Or she was leading through, like, the the original Morlock stories. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, he's he's back now. And then she's, you know... But she's depowered. They just haven't gotten to 201, mm. which we all know what happens. And then he really, really leaves. Mm. Um, and so the plan is, all right, the Scooby-Doo plan. Let's split up, gang. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that here in a second, too. And then Nightcrawler's like, hey, can we bring in the new mutants? Like, enough of the new mutants, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to read that book. Nobody wants them here. <laughs> And then Storm's like, they're children, and, you know, if we die, some, you know, they have to carry the torch for us later. Like, whatever. Nobody cares about the damn new mutants. Um, so well, anyway. Nightcrawler might be like, they they could probably whip my ass, so... Yeah, probably. That's gonna come up here in a second, too. Um, well, you know, we can deal with it here now, because we see it in the plotting picture there. Why is Rachel dressed like Jane Fonda um, getting <laughs> fit know. in the 80s, or whatever those videos were called? Um, why did why does she have suspenders if there's nothing to hold up? Like I don't understand the whole thing. <laughs> what what is it holding up? And her her hair, I, yeah. the whole design is just yeah, it's, that's a, that's a, that that uh, Padawan uh, rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, and then the leg warmers, but heels, I, uh, it's and, it's a mess. It, and she is aware that Cyclops is her dad, but he's yes. not aware that she's his, his daughter. daughter from the future. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, there's They're a lot of, just like, oh, that's odd. Yeah, there's a lot of thought just like boxes. Gene. Yeah, there's a lot of thought boxes about, you know, dad and all those types of things going through the whole bit. Um, all right. So let's see, let me get back to my notes a little bit there. Uh, so the motion Man. carries. Yes, that's ba- it. Baby, babies can't be. Baby, yeah, babies can be used as a defense for that. <laughs> I was a baby, y'all. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't me. I was a baby. Wasn't me. Oh my god. Uh, all right. So, um, okay. So yeah. So the oh, and that was the other point in here too. Oh, so like, yeah, we're on our own again. The Avengers, Fantastic Four, fucking useless. <laughs> well, but they actually have a good reason in this one because they're like, hey, like. They would arrest us immediately. We're we're suspects number one because we've yeah. clearly been signing our name on all this property damage. <laughs> uh, so they would, if we called them in, they would have to arrest us. I mean, they yeah. at least explained it. I guess they leave them every, the mutants out just to hang the drive. Man, it just pisses me off every yeah. single time. They do, they do, but that maybe they maybe they heard you. Maybe they heard us and went yes, back. Exactly. And had this all right. So let's look at the partner teams as they split the gang up. <laughs> Um, <laughs> let's let, let's go through the list here. All right. So uh, my note here says, let's play um, word association. Uh, the first words that come to your mouth when you when you get your two teams together. So <laughs> Rachel and Scott, redhead. <laughs> <laughs> Scott gotta have a redhead. Yeah, that's true. Mine was awkward. Uh, right. Rogue <laughs> yeah. and Storm. Hey, don't let Storm die. <laughs> kind of, I have a note about that later too. Colossus and Nightcrawler. That see, it's funny they showed him third because that was the last. That was the two that didn't get picked. I think. Yeah. <laughs> vanilla Big Man. And yeah. Vanilla, but that is the ultimate Vanilla Big Man team. Like yep. it's the ultimate babyface tag team. And then Kitty and Wolverine. <laughs> That's just his continuing finish. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Kitty's going to come up for something else here in a moment. Um, but yes, so as the attack happens, it ha- happens at the Vanilla Big Man team. Um, I got a science question in here for you here coming up. Boom. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, and so, but, I mean, I wish Hutch was here because this should be, he, this is Colossus at his best fighting mm-hmm. robots and tanks. Like, he <laughs> is the man. You can't, you cannot fuck with Colossus <laughs> with robots and tanks. This is his, <laughs> um, it, this is Colossus's wet dream for fighting, bro. Like, he is the best at fighting all of this. I mean, look at his action shots. He's crushing everybody. <laughs> That excellent, that excellent fight ain't fucking fuck with no robots, man. It <laughs> so don't matter. you don't have to worry about hitting when you're swinging with the street. <laughs> Nobody's swinging <laughs> back at you because they're robots. I mean, he is he is in his world. It's he, a whole he, page of ass whooping right here for Colossus. I know. Um, and then oh. the night, <laughs> Doctor Nightcrawler is out fixing and moving people around. There's two things here. Like, remember, it used to be like, hey, if he teleported people, it would fuck him up. So you oh, yeah. To a whole hospital full of people and oh, intensive care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah ooh, that's probably not a great idea. But um, here's the science question I had for you. Okay. So that building is on fire. Where's the science yeah. in? Like, hey, the building's on fire. I'm going to just go destroy it. That'll put the fire out. Well, this is the whole, like, you control the flow of the fire. Like, when they, when they fight fire, fi- when they fight forest fires, they don't try and put it out. They try and they, they, they create a fire break to so it'll control it or funnel it into certain areas. So that was the idea. I think okay. Here. See? So he's uh, trying to stop it from spreading, not stop it from burning. No, dude, no. See, that's why I had to ask you, man. You, you know, you got science stuff. But, um, yeah, so it takes forever for the other team to show up. And, um, there's not a great team that shows up anyway outside of Rogue being there. And then mm-hmm. Colossus does become Colossus and he gets kachowed and boomed mm-hmm. and bedammed all the way through somewhere. And he's going to take a, uh, another L <laughs> later, by the way. <laughs> I was thinking about that as we started talking about it. Yeah, he's going to take a nice like, L. Mm, mm, yeah, that one was bad. Boots but, fly off here shortly. Well, and he's also say, yeah, you're going to see a pair of legs. Um, <laughs> You kind of see this other bit, too, where they're like, oh, yeah, Colossus is like, yeah, you know, I'm no worse for harm. This is my uniform. I come we don't see Rogue's titties. Like, when she <laughs> gets shot by these things, like, all the time. Like, it happens all the time. And well, her costume. She, unstable molecules. Unstable molecules. They can't get any unstable molecules for Colossus. That, that, that's always what it is. Uh, look at freaking Rachel's outfit. Unitard. Leg warmer. Suspenders, uh, Dorothy, Padawan. It, it's just all so bad. Just I yeah. can't. So yeah. So then the cops show up, make things worse. That's not a surprise. And uh, you know, so they do the thing. <laughs> hey, uh, Agent Z or whatever, hit the flashy thing, and then they you know make their hasty retreat or whatever. And nobody ever says what happened to Kitty, Wolverine or Storm <laughs> or Storm. You know, because she doesn't show up either. It's like, ah, yeah, you know, that's who they left. They just left Storm there. So, uh, back to the trial. Now the X-Men are attacking hospitals now. They're the worst people ever, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'm not sure why the newspaper is in English and not in French. That's a whole other story. And then I think this is a rib at the French, too. And maybe this did happen because, I mean, we wouldn't know. We're not French or whatever. We're not that old. Like, people throwing fruit and vegetables at people. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that a real thing? I, I'm 
Various television has led me to believe that's a thing, but I don't know that I've ever seen fruit okay. juice like that. Yeah, that's bad. Um, all right. So this was kind of funny when I, I, I made a note too that, okay, so remember they always do this thing where they have it in English and translated from the yeah, Japanese yeah. or from the French. But then earlier in the book, they had people speaking French. Like I was like, is that all the French that he knew or like they couldn't find somebody to do the other parts of the book like they could have? You know, I don't know. Anyway, well, okay. it's probably somebody wanted to show off the French that they knew that they did know. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go into a, a not a serious topic because nothing really is serious here on this particular bit. But OK, so there's Kitty in that pride. And if you're watching the, or this shot, and if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, or whatever, you see Kitty in her, I mean, suit, really. I mean, that's what she's now. She's got a skinny tie, collared shirt, whatever. OK, so. Last year, I guess, during Marauders, it came out that Kitty was a part of LGBTQ, you know, that she was, you know, they, they used the term queer, so I'm going to use the term queer. So they came out that she was bisexual, and I think that was always there, you know, kind of reading some of the backstory stuff on that on the internet or whatever, like Claremont was always alluding to that as she got a little bit older, but... 1985 was not ready for a bisexual teenage <laughs> um, <laughs> Jewish character. I mean, she's got a lot of freaking uh, things going on. I mean, did you? Because if you really think about it, I mean, this suit just kind of brought it to my mind as I'm reading it. But I'm thinking like the haircuts, the sort of outfits that are, you know, a little um, non gender conforming. Um, yeah. You know, I had, I didn't realize they had, they had, had to work that in the story and yeah you know they've they've done this now a few times where i i don't know i ref, i have a hard time believing like that there's forethought in these things i think they tend to like look back and be like uh who who could we credibly you know claim that this has been a part of the character i mean maybe it is but i don't know mm. i i think it's more pandering than anything but you know it's another character and like we like talked a lot about with um with Iceman, you know, her signature relationship which was Colossus, which, you know, was then ultimately paid off as, as like, um, just a childish infatuation mm. that once she got older, the whole thing was confusing, which would play into, you know, this, this modern twist on the story. So it definitely fits, but I, I still struggle to believe that there was forethought here. I could right. be wrong. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, her relationships, you know, throughout the books or whatever between Peter. Pete uh, Wisdom. Uh, yeah, Rasputin. That was, that was weird. Yeah. It, it, I was talking about uh, Peter Rasputin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but which was weird because she was young and he was old. Um, Bobby, Drake, Doug Locke a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, that was it's like her attraction to people that were maybe a little bit off or whatever. And then Peter Quill, which she winds up marrying, Ugh. which didn't work out. Yeah, we weren't reading those books and thank the Lord. Um, like, I mean, it, you know, I think it was just like that. Maybe there was some forethought there. You know, I mean, he you know, if you go back and I'll send you the article or whatever. Like, I mean, he says that that was something that he would already mm. be thinking about with her. But like, I can't. I mean, sh- it's 2021. They're barely ready for a bisexual freaking hero now. Definitely not 1985. Like that just wasn't a like that just wasn't going to happen. 
Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I think there, there was some groundwork laid there that, you know, whether he knew it intentionally or whatever, like, I think that something was there for that. Well, it's interesting also that, um, so Kitty was portrayed by Elliot Page, and obviously mm-hmm. they weren't ready to tell that story. No. They weren't ready to tell this story in, at that point when the, the movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, again, if you believe in coincidences, it's a coincidence. But mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, I, I just think it's like a, it's an interesting thing. Look, we went 180 degrees on Kitty Pride on this podcast from whatever this was to her portrayal as Kate pride in Marauders. We were like, this is a really good book. Finally, <laughs> kind of nailed the freaking character where you don't yeah. freaking hate her. Like, I mean, you just don't like she's, it, it, it seemed like a natural, you know, evolution of the character where, you know, she became, you know, likable, at least to us. Um, so yeah, I, I just kind of, kind of that this, this pantsuit there was like, I was like, well, I know they made that announcement sometime in 2020 about her, you know, being a part, you know, LGBTQ. So I was just like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'm looking for signs after maybe reading that. All right, back to the jokes. All right, so Madeline Pryor is uh, alone in the mansion. Uh, well, hold on, <laughs> I just would like to point out again, compulsive mammying of Kitty Pride oh, by whoever's yeah, well, around sure, for sure. Well, and then I mean, dig down deeper. So Haller is 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 an Israeli she's an American Jewish person, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's that as well. That's going on too, you know? Uh, so Claremont ain't no punk. He knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing in certain instances here, I think. Um, so, all right. So Madeline is at home at the uh, Xavier's mansion. She's pretty pregnant. Um, listening to the news reports on NPR as well, as everybody's listening to NPR. Um, and, Get used to it, Madeline, being alone with your baby. Because Scott is... Look, we talked about this before. Scott is a terrible person later in books for a completely different reason. But this version of him is not great either because he's just yeah. not able to figure out the parenthood thing at all. And yeah. marriage. Yeah, it, this is hard. This is sort of an indefensible storyline. Um <laughs> And I think in a lot of ways, sort of the beginning of the fall uh, yeah. for him. Yeah, it's just not not a good look. And so as she's there contemplating where the hell her freaking husband is in this particular situation, boom, out of the Stargate comes Corsair and uh, Lalandra. You know, she you know name checks him. Empress Lalandra, no less. And, you know, she's felt Charles's death call, his death pain call. You know, we need to get to him and get him on the star jammers, you know, for our universal health care so we can help save him. And, um, nope, you know, she didn't know that she's, you know, that he's actually sick, but, you know, he's not there right now. They got to go back. And all right, we're about to get to that here in a second. Also, OK, so they leave and then Madeline goes into labor. Do you think it's because some motherfuckers just popped into the kitchen <laughs> out of fucking nowhere and maybe scared the baby out? Could could that have actually been it? You know, maybe. Serious? I mean, she she also just saw these these life forms emerge from this sort of womb like environment, and mm. I don't know. There's some psychosomatic connection. Who knows? Yeah, man, come on, that's bad. Like I'm trying to know this lady's freaking pregnant. This is terrible. All right, so they go they back do to Madeline the, dirty in these yeah, books. they do the whole time. Yeah, so they go back to the Star Jammer, 
And we get the whole Star Jam recruit. All right. My note on here, I don't know if I text this to y'all. Okay. I hate the Star Jammers. I don't know if we've ever <laughs> talked about this before. Hate them all. Not a worthy one of the bunch of them. Can't, when Binary's there, because Binary's good, I don't really count her as a Star Jammer, even though I know she was a Star Jammer in this particular time. Fucking hate the Star Jammers. What's your thoughts on the Star Jammers? Well, I think, you know, so they were introduced, I think, around the time that I was becoming aware of the X-Men. So everything with that connection was cool. Mm. The fact that they've never, and, and, you know, their costumes are very dated from their time of their introduction. And I don't think they've ever really updated the, uh, their looks in, you know, 40 years of publication. <laughs> and I think that the only one that has any story development is obviously Corsair mm. and Chode Raza and, and Mamzel Hesaba. Mm. They just, they have their mannerisms that you pick up, like the little creature and the gravelly voice and the, you know, the sword fighting and, the mm. you know, it's just, I just, there's nothing to them. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to defend them. Yeah. I, I'm certain if Fox still held the rights to X-Men, there'd be a Star Jammers movie at some point. Oh, yeah. They, this would have been their Guardians of the Galaxy. They would have oh. made some goofy shit based on the Star Jammers. So thank God Disney has it. All we right. haven't got the Shi'ar in any form, have we? No. Yeah, well, and again, did you ever see that freaking X-Men movie with Jessica Chastain? Like, uh, X, the Phoenix one with, um, uh, yes. Sansa? Okay. Yes. The terrible it was one. bad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, side brother topic. I don't know if I've ever laughed as hard as when she <laughs> used her mind powers <laughs> to bring that nigga up the steps. <laughs> I had pains in my stomach that I just could not get rid of. I, I just, <laughs> I was dying. The acting. Oh. The movements, I was dying. I was like, oh my God, if you don't turn this off, we're going to do the ambulance. Um, all right. So yeah, so they're figuring out how they're going to get back to Charles and do that. I'd really like to see when they do the Marvels, um, the next year, however it got pushed back, like some version of binary with, um, you know, with Carol Dammers. I, I think, you know, just, just for like a fan service moment, it wouldn't like kill me to see that. Um, all right. So back at the trial, um, now there's some people that are pro mutants, you know, there, whatever. And we see Kitty with her, you know, complaints, which I hate. Where they tease this Kitty needs glasses story. Yeah. I'm like, who, who cares? Come on. <laughs> yeah, just whatever. It's, but the other Cyclops ex- is like, I can only see red. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first witness of the trial that the, the uh, prosecution called was the captain of the uh, the submarine that was at Leningrad, and like, hey, you know, he tried to kill us, and it was this it's the self defense thing. It's like, well, you tried to kill me first. We tried, you know, we all had nuclear weapons. I tried to do that. I go back to first class where they, you know, did a version of this, you know, a version of it, you know, in 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 that movie, and they they tried to kind of stay with this, um, which is fine. Um, I don't know. Magneto really gets to the point though where he confesses, like, "Look, my 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 dream hasn't changed. It's just my methods, and yeah. you know that, that's basically it." And the, you know the evolution of the character. And those books that come after this, I mean, again, I remember reading a bunch of those. I mean, he was not a terrible leader of the school. You know, I think he fell into a role that you know made sense for him that they didn't try to completely turn him face. But, you know, like a, a, a decent evolution of him kind of 
on his path to trying to find a different way to do things. Uh, again, it's since it's so disjoint, I really don't. I, this is where I lose track of what he was doing right. until really comes back into the modern stories. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So that's there. That, X Men, the Hound face. Yeah, we get the Hound stuff and him trying to figure out who, where the powers are. Ah, whatever. So uh, we're gonna scroll through all of this here to get to when the X Men actually find who the power, you know, where the powers are, but it's really a ruse, y'all. It's a distraction. Uh, the X-Men drop out onto this boat and they start to fight robots. Everybody's in the best <laughs> bit, man, with these robots, for sure. Uh, although, there's like a bunch of dudes there with heat. Um, like, I don't know. There's always one black dude too. By the way. It looks like we might get a guest artist at this point in the book. Yeah, it does a little fade a little bit. Yeah. And Colossus had, did not get a new shirt. Did not get a new shirt. Nope. Yep. Rogues is still on, which is a problem. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we get a fastball special. Uh, more butter, it, butter, butter. Yeah, more butter, butter. I mean, yeah. I, you know, they didn't, did they call it the fastball special when he threw him in, was it Last Stand? Remember at the beginning of that, they were in the danger room and he throws. Yeah. Them oh, they, they might have it? called it in that. They might mm-hmm. have. I was thinking of later. Yeah. Somebody else throws them later. I don't. I don't think they overdid it anyway. Yeah, they, right. But they may have dropped it in the last stand. That movie was bad enough for them to try and shoehorn it in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a bad movie. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, look at this. Like, bam, bam, butter, butter, butter. Rogue start staying on unstable molecules. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all we yep. get. Bullshit. Count yeah. code. Um, so yeah, there's our fastball special. And then again, Wolverine and robots. That's where he is in this particular yep. thing, too, man. If there's a robot, he's kicking all kinds of ass. Um, okay. So there's a shot there where, um, there's two shots. Okay, so you see Storm fighting against the humans that had heat, which is kind of weird because they could have just shot and killed her. And then there's another shot. Again, you're, if you're on YouTube, you can see it. Like, well, she's out choking a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of lost it there. Um, like, she's choking a robot, and I don't know if I missed it. It was later. Oh, there's Colossus getting knocked the fuck out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me come back. Maybe it's up here. Ah, oh, God. Now that I did, I can't remember. I thought there was a shot. It's got to be later. Yeah, Storm is like choking a robot. I was like, okay, so does Storm have a Marvel card <laughs> where she doesn't have her powers? Like, she was depowered for a few years. It's yeah. Like, so I want to say that she, um, I think like her endurance might have gone down, mm-hmm. but I think she still had high agility. Uh, she might even had good strength um, mm. and uh, reasonable fighting, but I think her endurance might have gone down. But she didn't have her powers. I think she was. She probably could still beat Nightcrawler. <laughs> the whole page full of cops over there, and he didn't do anything against them. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. Um, and also, we get Kitty's bonus power of disrupting computers. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. I'm not completely useless. Yeah, but here again, she hadn't. She hadn't. One of the things about the Marauder era, Kitty, is she's learned how to use her phasing 
as part of a combat style, and mm-hmm. that's what's actually made her effective. So yeah, and, and her ability to what phasing people out of things mm-hmm. as well. I think that started to evolve more so here. I think she'd done it before, but it evolved more to get people out of things. There's Colossus <laughs> that gets knocked the fuck out. I mean, look at the launch point. <laughs> Only Colossus would get freaking shooed out of his freaking shoes. No, he's I looking mean, straight up. Yeah, he's like he's flying like he's Superman. Some change, risky. So he yeah. had one whole page of kicking ass, and he's got one whole page of flying across the city after getting yeah. thunder punched, cracked in his jaw. I mean, this is really just comic book fighting stuff where everybody gets panels. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But really, it was a distraction anyway. It's a rouge, y'all. The Fenris are twins. The incestuous twins. They show up, man. They are back. Uh, and they suck. This is what yeah. you and Hutch were talking about. Like, okay, we have this big issue here. And the best villain that we could come up with is Fenris. Yeah. You know, two incestuous wonder twin powers activate kind of folks here. I could be okay with their costumes, except for the the two tone mask. Yeah, okay. I think that needs to go. The, the stripper boots are a little bit much. Um, well, I mean, eyes. but there's no way that we're going to get through this book and not have somebody wearing stripper boots. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Charles Magneto can... essentially got them on too. So. That's fair. The Mag uh, Charles can't call for the X Men because his powers are like. He skeeted him. Um, and then. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, oh, is that just choose your tap out? Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, there's it's Storm choking the robot. Yeah. Uh, and so, as they're, they're going through this, Magneto is essentially just proving himself to be, you know, a changed man. You know, they're fighting against him. He's saving people, the people that call him, you know, mutant, muty. And all these things, you know, I mean, and then the prosecutor goes all bloodlust when he gets a chance. <laughs> he's like, he's got a rock and he's got to pound this Fenris lady, his head into the ground. And, you know, again, this is just comic book stuff. I mean, there's nothing really, you know. Hot outside. tag from Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Charles breaks them up after he after he defeats them. Uh, and then they get a chance, you know, he, or excuse me, after they realize that their powers are activated by touching hands or whatever, Charles breaks them up and that allows them to get the, get the drop on them. Um, I mean, it's Fenris. I, that, that's basically it. It's Strucker. Nobody cares if Strucker outside. I don't know that anybody really cares about Baron Von Strucker, but definitely not outside of, you know, generally Captain America books. But I mean, look what they did in, uh, in the MCU, yeah, <laughs> I mean they, they clowned him big time in Age of Ultron. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Um, and so I mean that's really kind of where the book ends, you know. Uh, uh, as they're try as Magneto was trying to save this girl from getting you know stoned, um, you know they're able to touch hands again and they flood the chamber. And, uh, you know, Magneto winds up, you know, going and saving Charles and bringing him back, um, you know, after he has his little bit of a heart thing. That's, you know, how they kind of get back together. And he saves him and he brings him out there and he basically tells him, like, look, man, um, uh, save the team. I'm dying here. Like, this is it. 
I need you to go to the school. I need you to run the school, look after the children or whatever. And Magneto's like, mm. he, he has Scott's reaction. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I try to kill them a lot. You know that, right? Yeah, that's really not a great idea if I'm the one in charge. Uh, but, you know, he's, you know, he tells him, you know, and it leans back on their, you know, previous, you know, relationship that has gone on over this time. And they're kind of the, I don't want to say funny, but the funny thing about those X-Men movies is that they nailed that part probably better than they nailed any of the other comic book stuff. Like they nailed the long-standing relationship, even when they switched it from the old dudes with the Patrick yeah. Stewart and Ian McKellen. And when they switched it to the uh, McAvoy and the other dude, like they actually nailed that part. This couldn't nail the comic book stuff. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. So the, yeah, the Magneto professor X part was, you know, like you said, two different eras, but both, they really pulled it off and the rest of it was kind of shoddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Um, so yeah. So he's like, Hey man, you, 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 this is it for me. I'm done. You know, hot tag from Lilandra, you know, your death, your, your death song or whatever. Shar and key three. I never knew how to pronounce that shit to X-Men anime series. Thank you. X-Men <laughs> anime series. <laughs> That was the only time I I knew what that was. I used to skip it over all the time. So they're like, hey, you know, you're not going to die. We're going to take you back to the Star Jam. We're going to give you, you know, the medicine that you need. And Magneto's like, whew, I'm good. (laughs) He was like, no, 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 no. If I don't come back, you still got to lead the team. And that's basically where we end on our book here. So I was trying to understand this, 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 this trial is just a dusty finish. They're like, oh, well, I guess the, I guess the, the the courthouse got blown up, so you're yeah. off. I mean, that's a wrong message to send, right? Yeah, the people will decide what's going to happen with you now. Like, wait, like, what? Don't we just reschedule? Like, <laughs> does there still need to be a verdict? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of confused by that. So yeah, I'm like, so is he is he guilty? Is he still not. got charges? What yeah. what is he supposed to do? Yeah, we and we get a chance to see. You know, Cyclops tell him, like, we did our job, you know, now do your job, and there's the walk-off. Like, I'm not sure why Colossus switched out. (laughs) (laughs) He's all, the way he's walking is, and he also, like, here's the thing, like, this is another character who's had variable powers, like, does he grow when he turns metal? Does he not? Because he looks like he's a solid eight foot tall in this picture. (laughs) And I get that if he's armored, he becomes eight feet tall, but I didn't think regular Peter was eight feet yeah. tall. Like Rogue is like, I'm flying. Fuck you, rest yeah. of people. I'm not walking. And then that's the end. I mean, you know. She's like, look at this storm. <laughs> Jealous. Um, and so, yeah, and that's it. Magneto's left to fulfill the dream. And that's issue 200. I mean, that's pretty much it. Um, I remember it being long. Yes. I remember it being long and wordy with a terrible villain and basically just a transition to get Professor X out of the book again. Right. Yeah. And they succeeded. Uh, and of course, he's like a bad penny. He always comes back. Like, yeah. Always, you know, and never at an appropriate time or whatever. What I don't remember is how Magneto transitioned out. Like there had to be an event that got him out of there. Because I don't remember him and Charles coexisting together. Um, no. Well, remember the 
in 20 issues, the X-Men die. Uh, That's the so we call the Fall the Mutants. Fall the Mutants, okay. I believe is 224. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what happens is the original X-Men get together and form X-Factor. And they don't want to have anything to do with Magneto because right. when they come back, they see the team. They they see the team still with Magneto, and they they keep their distance. Right. Then during the fall of mutants, um, the uh, so I think Doug gets killed, and the X Men get killed, and so I think they kind of disband the team. And I think he falls in with the Hellfire Club, and I'm not sure how that went. If that was a swerve or if he was trying mm. to keep his friends close and his enemies closer or whatever. Mm. But then I think he just kind of disappears. And mm. then I don't know if there's another story. He's got to be doing something before 280 and then number one where they turn him back heel. But I don't know. Well, he gets to the Savage Land at some point. Yeah, you know, the because, Savage Land. Yeah, because that's where we get that amazing rogue cosplay. Um <laughs> That's like the, what I remember the most about it. Yeah. But at, at some point there's there. But knowing kind of what we know from the documentary on Claremont or whatever, like it seems like at some point he was just like, look, like we just need to do something else. And then they're yeah. forcing back on him, you know, when he gets to X-Men 91. Because really, you think about this is 85, six years or whatever. It doesn't seem like a, in common book terms, that's a lot of freaking books. Yeah. But you know, it just seems like, you know, he was probably kind of trying to do something else with other folks. And then they forced, you know, Magneto back on him. And he was just like, I said, I'm done. You know, let me yeah. out of this freaking shit. No. But, yeah. Okay. But yeah. So we, I mean, I, playing out the group chat on here. Do you have any desire to look at the trial of Magneto 2021? I mean... I think it goes back to the idea of we were so hyped coming out of House and Power of X, and then it just, you know, told random stories in random order with, you know, they built this world, and it was, you know, in as much as they certainly made enough room to tell any story they wanted, Mm. it just still seems like they lost the overall thread. And I don't know if that's coming back together. So I'm kind of right back where I was with the X-Men. It's like, I would like to... You know, I would like to keep up with it, but I don't know, like, I don't want to read a hundred books to get a right. storyline that runs through two of them. Yeah. And I mean, and we talked about this. It's like we went from House of X, Power of X to some like six monthlies. It's just like, man, you know, when we read Hickman's Avengers or whatever, it was really just in the Avengers. We didn't have to go and read, you know, Iron Man, Captain American solo book. Like, we didn't have to do any of that. Black Panther, we didn't have to do any of that because it was all self-contained. Well, Krakoa, once they got done, it was freaking uncanny and new mutants and this and that and all trying to build this. And it was just like, and, not, and you know, and, uh, you know, overwhelming majority of those books not written by Hickman. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have like all these different strands of people kind of taking the main plot line and running it someplace else and at that point, I was, I mean... The yeah, so many of them came and went. Like, yeah. uh, Fallen Angels, Fallen Angels was like yeah. six issues. Yeah, and then, I mean, that granny goodness, or them freaking plant-growing ladies, and uh, that X-Men, but I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm out. That was the that was the really disappointing part, that there wasn't an anchor 
that the X-Men wasn't the anchor books right. in that. It may have become that. I know you said it gets better, but that was just yeah. like, here's an X-Men story. Here's an X-Men story. Here's an right. X-Men story. It's yeah, like, we weren't in a, yeah, we weren't in a spot of like telling single stories at that point. Like you, we should have come out of that into a longer plot. And then it went, you know, from the pandemic that it went into, you know, no books were coming out. Then it went into a, a what swords, X, X yeah. swords or whatever. Yeah. Don't do freaking crossovers. And I was like, well, I'm good. You know, I'll get these things on Facebook or whatever. They'll be like, hey, two years ago, you did House of X podcast. I'm like, fuck, that was two years ago? Wow. So I I think they're getting now into where Mystique and Moira are are both sort of, you know, working their own side hustles. And -hmm. I think some of that's paying off now. But again, what do I got to do to get back into that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the the buy-in to try to get all the way to that point? So, but cool. All right. So next week, um, we're going to do X-Men 201 at, with much great pain to Brother Beavis, um, just because Cyclops is his favorite character or one of his favorite characters. And this is not his high point um, at all. Uh, it's not on so many levels. Like now, like reading it, like when we were younger, it's just like, oh, damn, you were Cyclops, you know, you lost a storm. That was bad or whatever. But OK. But now when you look back at it, it's just like, maybe you definitely needed to take that L because yeah. there were needed to be some transformational change on a molecular level, almost on you, even though he doesn't get any better when he leaves here, he really is still a, a dick. Um, but you know, I, I'd, I'd love to pick Claremont's brain other than obviously they're starting X factor. Like I love to pick his brain about how they got to that point. It was like, Hey man, like, we're going to take this essentially original X-Men who should be leading the school instead of Magneto that he's going to, you know, determine like, hey, you know what? It's better if I just leave to school to my old enemy as opposed to, you know, kind of staying here and fighting for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, there had to be a back part there other than just starting X-Factor. Yeah, well, I think the other parts of it, I'm, I'm sure that he probably always felt the need to add depth to Scott's character because it could be seen as vanilla. And mm-hmm. we also know that storm was probably very clearly one of his favorite characters to write. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. put those two things together. And- yeah. And yeah, Scott's gone. Those original X factor books, by the way. Well, they don't have any villains. That's yeah. the, it's <laughs> a classic problem. Yeah. I mean, it was like, Hey, look, we're bringing you back Gene. So shut the fuck up. That's, yeah. that's what you're going to get. Like we're bringing Gene back. Just shut up. That's all yeah, you're going to get. There's a there's a story arc where they go on some world with the Celestials and it's like this battle world stuff like that's actually pretty good, um, mm. but yeah. it's a lot of it is not great, yeah. and the art is kind of hard to get into at times. And there's <laughs> a lot of side angle side mutants. Yes, and the villains yeah. are not great. The costumes are not great. No, they're uh, not good. Yeah, it's just not a good. Yeah. Then you no. get the, all the transformation of Beast and Iceman and and Archangel. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and then the relationship trauma with Gene and Scott, and oh, it's just there's a lot of not goodness in that. Yeah, the bring back of Gene was really good in that Fantastic Four books. But anyway, that's a different John Byrne story. All right, so um, remember, you baby find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, you know, just search Brothers Comics and this will show up. If you're watching this on the YouTube, yeah, hit the subscribe button. Uh, you know, got a, like four new subscribers last week, so. Uh, we'll take that as well. And um, yeah, man, leave a comment or whatever. So we'll we'll come back with X-Men 201. Like I said, we're kind of in this 
you know, kind of uh, stream or whatever as we're kind of transitioning about what's going on with Sandman. Again, shout out Sandman. Uh, get better. Keep your keep your head up and all that. Hutch, man, 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 fuck you, man. Let me call us two minutes before <laughs> to tell us that you're not ready to start the you call. You sold out. You sold yeah, out. Yeah, for real, man. Out. Like, damn, just be like, hey, I ain't gonna make it tonight. Here's the login information. Golly, you tell us five, you know, five minutes before we record. Jeez, Louis. It's such a Hutch move. Anyway. Alright, so uh, as the producer of this podcast and X-Men the Animated Music is playing us out, I'm going to sign off. Brother Beaver, sign off. Uh, I'll say goodbye, but you know, we're just better than even odds. This never gets sees the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Our two-man two booth is... Uh, it, 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 you would have to convince people that it actually exists because <laughs> our, our publication record is not Yeah, strong. it's not great. Yeah, we try not to. All right, so hopefully y'all will see this, and we're going to have to re-record it on Thursday. We'll see you around on the other side. Peace.